chick in me Every time I touch that track It turns into gold sucker, dream crusher Bleed me dry like a damn vampire All right, hey, everybody <laughs> <laughs> Blood Saga. Such a good song. song. And like, thank you, Olivia, for giving us that song. You know, it's almost like she knew we would one day be covering this decom. And she's like, how can I help out Ian and Kelsey? I've got to make a vampire song. Well, that's the thing. And I think she wanted it to get popular like three months prior to this episode because she was like, I want people to know what they're playing. You know? Exactly. You know, yeah. and so she, she was just doing her part to make sure that everyone would know about yeah. DCOM Rewind's episode of Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. <laughs> it was so awkward. She kept she kept messaging us saying like, oh, I want to be on the show. I want to be on the show. And it's like, that's just not fair. You know? You know like, we can't just like... We can't pick pa- favorites. That's like, what I'm just, saying. Yeah. You know, but... Our people will, will call your people, Olivia. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll see, Olivia. We'll talk to you next year and we'll see how it's going. Just focus on your career as it is right now. Um, oh, as you should be. And she crushed it at the VMAs last night. So amazing performance on all seriousness. Like, seriously, way to go, Olivia. Like, so talented. And also part of the Disney fam. So happy happy to be amongst oh. friends here. Yeah, definitely. Part of our Part of our family. Um, I, I love how we're like, yeah, we're part of the Disney fam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're just like, we're like those people that like just like crash, like literally wedding crashers. They're like, yeah, of course we're here. Why wouldn't yeah. we be? They're like, what show are you on? It's like, seriously? Anyway. Obviously, we belong here. Well, thank you everybody for joining us once again for another episode of Decom Rewind during Spooktober. Yes. And we've been, I, I mean, Ian and I were talking about this literally yesterday, and we've just been loving all of the love that you guys have been giving us for yeah. for all these spooky decoms. Obviously, we did Don't Look Under the Bed last week. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Um, but just, it's incredible to see because, you know, obviously it's, it's September, not officially October yet, but we're, we're loving that you guys love the spooky decoms as well. Yeah, who doesn't like a spooky decom? I feel like uh, some of like the most prominent and most notorious decoms are spookiness and i have to say that is one thing that disney did way better than nickelodeon um they really played into halloween like they Mm -hmm. love halloween over at disney and i love them for that i love it they i love that they love a theme like regardless of what it is and if it's halloween decoms like we are here for it right and and we are so excited to again have the spooktober season going um and just yeah, again, it's September, so you know we're we got a while to get to October, but we're ready to just keep partying with these with these fall decoms all the way through. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, for everyone listening, I came down. Kelsey knows this. I came down with a little fall cold, so you you did too. So I, I, I have a cough. <laughs> I have a cough, so I apologize for that little spooky cough. Um, but I'll I'll try to suppress it, everyone. I'll try to no. Suppress- Okay. Um, you're better than me. I'm over here sounding like Johnny Cash. Um, it's a great like, singer. A, a great singer. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm so raspy right now. We thought it was fall allergies. We even made a joke last week and the universe was like, no, you guys just have colds. And so sorry if I'm a little out of it. I'm on a little bit of Mucinex right now. So uh, we're just going to get this, get the sinuses set and uh, and not sound like this hopefully by next week. So yeah, thanks for again, trekking for, through uh these these raspy voices 
So you also, you've said that twice to me that you sound like Johnny Cash. And I was like, oh, I don't get it. And now that I'm, now that you said, it's like because of the raspy voice, it took me 48 hours oh. to understand <laughs> that connection. So now I get it. I yeah. don't know why. He's always my reference, like when I have a cold. And he's so, he's so notorious. And I should have known that for but raspy voice. It just got such like a deep voice and like ring of fire. And I feel like Ugh, every song. time I get a cold, I just think I sound like him. Um, do not have a good singing voice, but got that, I guess, just like the deep, uh, husky voice, I guess. Yeah. If, if this podcast, if this podcast, uh, doesn't work out, maybe we should do like an acapella group, you and me. Exactly. Like, or like go on the Calm app. Maybe, you know, who knows? We can read a little bedtime stories. Like the world is our oyster at this point. Today we have, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kelsey, um, yeah, so today we are covering Mom's Gonna Date with a Vampire, um, one of my favorite decoms, one of your favorite decoms. It's definitely a classic. It's not up there with like Halloween Town, obviously, or even Don't Look Under the Bed when it comes to a nostalgic standpoint, but it is still good. So super excited to cover this. But before we cover this movie, let's talk about our own movie moments. Um, I know that you are so excited for college football for the NFL back. I am sure you have a lot of nostalgic family movie moments to talk about that this week. Then Ian, you hit the nail on the head. I am so excited that college football is back. There's something about that Saturday where you know you've got like four to five games to watch, flip backing back and forth. And it was just so amazing because I feel like there are so many underdog stories this year. And so it was great. There were blowout games. But again, I love those underdog stories. But I think, I mean, it's kind of like riding a bike where you, you know, you get your app menu ready at the beginning of the day. And it was just great. You know, my family loves like buffalo chicken dip, like other yeah. types of like salsa. And um, I make like the guacamole every time. And so it was just great to like get back into that vibe. If anyone out there is looking for a great guacamole to take to a tailgate college game day, just to a friend's house, I'm telling you, Chrissy Teigen's guacamole is a crowd pleaser. She's so great. I bet. It it is so good. I made it for the first time ever years ago with my cousin Brie. Shout out Brie. She's probably listening to this. Uh love you so much. Um and ever since then I just make it for so many game days and it's easy and I'm telling you people will love it. So it, it kind of a vague movie moment for the week but again just kind of that feeling. You know when it's like that comfort like it's 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 one of those like comfort blanket type things like college football's back and food is great and you just get to have like family time nobody goes anywhere it's a cozy fall day i loved it all good vibes all around but ian what was what was your movie moment of the week mine, mine was similar mine was with football too um so i have a new apartment we have a beautiful roof that looks at the washington monument i just sat on the roof on sunday um and i made like this um I made this like tuna casserole that I actually saw on TikTok. So it, I, I I guess I actually don't know the definition of casserole. It was not a casserole. It was tuna, <laughs> avocado, onions. It was like a tuna dip. And I had like pita chips. Ooh, and I was, yeah, I was I was sitting up on the roof that I love the Arizona Cardinals. I'm from Arizona. And it had just rained and there was like a like a brief um a brief little rainbow. And I was sitting up and I was watching and it's just like I don't know. I was by myself. There's there's this feeling of after it rains, like this calm that goes over you. And so, I don't know. That was my movie moment. It's like kind of boring this week. I've had a pretty boring week, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, two years ago, I was in Los Angeles 
um, in a cramped apartment. And now I'm like, this is full blown adulthood being in a new city. And I just had that thought of, wow, I have new friends. Like my boyfriend lives out here. Like I'm on the East coast. I'm an East coast guy now. Like I, I loved it. I loved it. So yeah, that was my movie moment. But that's beautiful though. I feel like, and again, like it's so funny. Cause I feel like last, our movie moments have been kind of different these past couple of weeks. And so it's kind yeah. of cool that again, we both kind of have, wow, isn't it fun to look at kind of everyday moments, but again, get to experience the magic in that, right? Where it's like nothing, nothing funny happened, nothing crazy happened. You know, it's not like we're running to celebrity, you know, into celebrities on the street. Exactly. We ju we're just truly enjoying life. And that's exactly. awesome. Yeah, no. So, I mean, yeah, no, that, that was, that was our movie. And not every movie moment, as we said, like movie moments can be any type of story. Like last week we had mm -hmm. some pretty bleak movie moments that came that, uh, turned out to be good. We've had movie moments that have just been absolutely ridiculous, or we just had boring movie moments. So, so yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's really good that we are able to like find movie moments in like every aspect of our life. And that, and that's the thing. And I feel like that's that's what life's all about. And it's just yeah, it's again finding kind of the magic in in everything and the positives in everything. And yeah. um, speaking speaking of magic. Um, I guess we can get into the the mystical yeah. world of vampires and and um, hinge dates. I guess like I'm trying to figure out like how this would work in today's time. But back in the early 2000s, mom's got a date with a vampire was you know well with the times of of dating uh, through ads in the paper and all that jazz. That so, was yeah yeah that was crazy. So so yeah I'm. What a, um, what a time what, for vampires. What a time. We, we can get into that because that kind of shocked me that they had like, I would be so embarrassed to put an ad out on a newspaper being like, hey, <laughs> this is me. This is what I'm looking for, et cetera. You know? Do you like pina coladas? Seriously. <laughs> Do you know? what, da, 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 in the rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's like I think that that's what it's that song's about. It's like, do you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain? And then they oh, find out. Oh, in the rain. Yes. They've like both sent in like an ad, or like it's like an ad, and they're both looking for other people, but they realize it's like their husband and wife, and they've been in love this entire time, and oh, they're, yes. they're still soulmates. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess what you know what it's always a weird time to be in the dating world, but yeah, back it was like the wild west, I guess back then. Um, yeah. Also kind of the Wild West, just early 2000, vampire pop culture in general. Took off. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. wild. So, so yeah, before we get into it, should we just do a little summary line because uh, a little plot of this movie? Because, you know, the title is pretty ambiguous, you know. It's like... We don't really mom, know what's, what's going to happen. Because, like, at the end of the day, this movie's about a mom, like, who goes on a date. And he's, is, he, is he a vampire? I think so. And that's, <laughs> I love ambiguous titles. I went into this movie blind. I was like, I don't know what it's going to be about. Surprise me. You know, you know, it's going to be full on plot twist. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. what's. I mean, there are some plot twists. I'm not going to lie, though. Uh, shout out to like that Disney magic of having a plot twist. But for those of you who do not remember, um, this movie is about the Hanson kids. So there's three Hanson kids. The youngest one's Taylor. The middle one's Adam with his amazing jean jacket. And then the older one is Chelsea. So the Hanson kids are in a jam. Adam and his best friend, Duffy, um, <laughs> Is there a correlation between Duffy the Vampire Slayer and his friend? Who knows? Duffy and but Buffy, I hope so. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
Got it. But uh, <laughs> one, one letter off. One letter off. One letter off. Yeah, sue me, guys. Um, Adam and his best friend Duffy have gotten their hands on some tickets for the Headless Horseman concert, and his sister Chelsea has a date with her, her dream boy, Peter. The only problem is that they're both grounded. Chelsea and Adam will do whatever it takes to get their mom, Lynette, out of the house, even if it includes a chance of meeting with a very, very mysterious man. Everything seems to go according to plan until their little brother, Taylor, hero of the movie, realizes that this stranger might be a vampire. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, So, yeah. So, that's pretty much the summary. Um, I didn't, like, I actually didn't know what I was going to go into when I watched this as an adult. Um, And I think we're hit over the head at the opening scene, I was actually not expecting it. It was like pretty good production value for the time. So it opens up with like this vampire movie that Adam is watching. And I have to say it was very smart because, you know, it goes back in the day and you think that you're watching like, wait, what is this? This is like Transylvania in the 1600s. Mm -hmm. And then you hear the phone ring and it brings you back to reality. And that's when we first get introduced to the chaotic Hanson family. They are extremely chaotic. I do absolutely love them. Um, And just to go into it again, like the fact that he's watching this vampire movie, like we were saying, like this movie was made in 2000. And did you think like the vampire craze was one of the reasons why they picked to do this theme for this decom? I think so. Um, I mean, there was a vampire craze and I wasn't like alive in like the 80s and 70s or like but i think that this vampire craze kind of happened with the turn of the century and like the 20th the, the 21st century and it's funny because we haven't really forgotten about that craze i mean vampires have been in pop culture like since since i can remember but i do think yeah you're right um this definitely was a product of the time and I didn't realize, like, maybe do you remember, Kelsey, were people, I don't remember, I don't think you remember either, were people that obsessed with vampires in, like, 2000, 2001? Because um, Buffy was out then, right? Buffy was out then. Okay. Oh, oh, Buffy was out. Oh, my God. Um, I, yeah, it's weird. Because I feel like Buffy was definitely happening during this time. But then I feel like, like, the Twilights, the Vampire Diaries, True Blood, all of that was years after this movie so it was funny because i feel like this movie touched on a lot of like quintessential things that vampires have you know where it's like they hate garlic and they can't go out in the sunshine and then you get to twilight and it's like you know they just glimmer in the sunshine and they have all these other different attributes but i think it was definitely i mean i i I would think it had to be influenced by kind of that buffy era because like buffy was like at the time the end all be all in pop culture like yeah everywhere and then that turned into angel and i i mean i think between on buffy and then you get you know obviously vampire diaries true blood all of those shows and suddenly it was like we're romantic vampires and there you fall in love with them did okay not necessarily would you go on a date with a vampire did you have a crush on a vampire one that one that just like stuck out to you that were like okay they're a good character (laughs) <laughs> oh man um exposing my dirty laundry here um yes kelsey i did have a crush on a vampire am i proud of this crush absolutely not was i obsessed with him back in the day 
absolutely. Um, I think this is a reoccurring theme for most people. And I think that you might, you might be able to put two and two together of who I'm going to say, but I had the absolute biggest crush on Bill from uh, True Blood. Sucky. Sucky. Yeah, I, I had like the biggest crush on him. <laughs> I had the biggest crush on him. Um, and honestly, it was weird because you have this beautiful man of Alexander Starsgard, and I was like, whatever. But I was like, Bill, I need you in my life. Um, he he had very redeemable qualities. I feel like, and he was a very attract. He's very attractive. Yeah, I mean, he is very attractive. I think that I my crush kind of subsided once he become became kind of a jerk. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely did have a crush on Bill. Um, and I, you know, it's really interesting to me because I feel like everybody loves vampires. Um, I had never really gotten into the vampire genre that much. I was not that obsessed with vampires. I was more obsessed with, like, witches, um, which is why I love Lynette um, in this movie, just because mm -hmm. she was a witch in Sabrina. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I was, more, I was more on the witch scene. Um, I don't know what it is, because I think I'm a weirdo because everyone likes vampires. Like, I'm assuming you liked vampires. I know Blake liked vampires. Um I'm assuming you had a crush on a vampire too growing up. You had to have. I yeah, vampires. <laughs> I, I probably I still have a crush on him. Um, this oh my gosh, I would go on a date with this man in a second. Um, but Spike from Buffy was just he's honestly not even vampire. He's my all time TV crush. Like if someone asked me what TV drama series you have a crush on, it would it will be Spike forever. Like and I think it's just because I have a crush on James Marsters, who plays him. Honestly, I think one of the most underrated, talented actors of this time. Every, everyone thought this man was British because of the ac his accent work on the show. And it's just incredible. Like, he's so talented. And Spike, the way he's played, like, he was only supposed to be... <laughs> can, you t can you tell that I... <laughs> I'm into this character. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> he was only supposed to be in Buffy for three episodes. It was a very short character arc. And because of the way James played him, he became such a lovable character with so much depth that he became a, a, one of the leads season after season. And then, uh, no spoiler alerts, but he is in the finale, like the reason why we still are thankful to be in this world today. So it's... It's just amazing. Like James is so talented, uh, but Spike, hundred percent Spike, uh, loved loved him, loved that character, and just kind of vampires in general. I feel like it was almost like Spike and True Blood characters kind of led to. I feel like yeah, like Vampire Diaries, like this bad boy crush that we would all have on like the demons of the world and things like that. That just kind of spoke to every everybody, I guess. But. Well, well one of them that we have not mentioned, which I personally, when I was in high school, I think that really brought vampires to the forefront also. And I think everyone had a crush on this guy, Twilight. Mm -hmm. I think Twilight was huge too. So it's 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 actually pretty interesting. And I think that we, we did a poll actually um, on our Instagram and we asked our listeners like, which vampire series do you like better? And I was just like really baffled by the overwhelming amount of responses that we got. So I think yeah. it just it just shows like it was really cool to see that everyone's like very this was one of the most voted polls we've had since yeah. the beginning of starting yeah. this on social. And it was just really cool to see that 
everyone's very passionate about what their favorite vampire genre franchise is. And so it was cool to see that we did um we did Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire and yep. we paired that against um my Babysitter's a Vampire. Also amazing movie, amazing eventually TV series. And it was really kind of split 50-50 there. Um I think Babysitter came up on top at the end though. A right? little bit on top, but like just mm-hmm. by like two votes. Um and then when we did True Blood versus Buffy, that was kind of split like 70-30 winning by Buffy. Yeah. Um, which makes again makes sense. And just, I mean, Buffy is just like classic. And like I said, then it leads to angel. It's so many good characters came out of that show. Um, and then the last one that we did, um, twilight versus the vampire diaries, that was almost kind of split down the middle too. vampire oh, yeah. diaries, like winning a little bit in the end. But again, I think by just like, honestly, one or two votes. So yeah. it just shows the power. I mean, God, you think of the power behind all of these vampire shows. Somebody else agrees. Like, so it's it's too hot to handle out there with sirens. I know. I know. I feel like the city's been on fire recently. It's been so hot here. And they're just, I literally get woken up by ambulances around like once or twice every morning trying to get my beauty sleep like a vampire. I feel like a vampire. I'm like, ah, oh, the sun. Um, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. There's, um, I mean, vampires, they're sexy vampires since the beginning of time, I guess. Uh, Who knows? Um, But I have to also say that trend did not slip away with this movie. Uh, Kelsey, did you have a crush on the vampire when you were a kid? Because let me tell you something. I wish I, I, when I was a kid, this is kind of twisted, but I wish that I was Lynette, even though that was a vampire and he was going to suck my blood. I was like, this guy is very attractive and it's that British accent and he was just so... I loved him. I loved Dimitri. I, oh my God, yes. Like, it's so funny because I feel like we were talking about it on one of our previous episodes where you get to that age. So I didn't have a crush on him when I was a kid, but you get to that age where it's like, oh my God, I'm crushing on these decom dads now. Like, what is happening? And when he walks into the supermarket, and we'll, we'll start from the beginning, everybody out there, but there's a scene where he walks in. It's the first time he meets the family, and it's kind of like that meet cute between him and their mom. Um, he's in this denim on denim oh, outfit. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. telling you, when that man walked in, chef's kiss. Like, take uh, take me down. Like, I, that, oh. And I was like, I, 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 I guess I've officially grown up. I've officially grown up because now I think Dimitri in this denim on denim outfit is literally the hottest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's actually really funny because I was on Reddit and I was trying to kind of explore um, what like people were talking about when it comes to Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. And one of the top comments was, this was the first movie that I downloaded because I had such a crush on the vampire Dimitri growing up. (laughs) I mean, we, I don't, I don't blame them because it's looking back on it. I feel foolish. Because I didn't have a crush back in the day. So I'm, I'm glad my wrongs have been righted. And now now I can see the light and see how how attractive and wonderful of a, of a man we're dealing with. Um, yeah. But getting back to it. Yes. You know, going all the way back. <laughs> that was that was a re- rewind uh, noise, which I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what a rewind noise is, is. But in my head, it made sense. Um, that was perfect. So, we we start we kick off this movie. The whole family, as Ian mentioned, is watching this old school vampire movie. So we already kind of know what we're dealing with, and we see the family dynamics. Um, it's just it looks like you know a typical, you know, 
typical night in a very much like typical decom household. We've got three siblings going on. Um, Ian, kind of what what was your what were your thoughts on on the vibes of the sibling dynamics in that moment? Yeah, I thought it was like the classic trope, classic case. Uh, brother and sister hate each other. Brother and sister are always arguing, and then there is like that younger brother Taylor who uh, is a little bit younger than the rest of them, and so he's just kind of the baby of the family. Um, there was. Uh, there was a lot of arguments starting from the first scene. I think that Chelsea got a call from Peter and this is at the beginning of the movie and she has a huge crush on Peter and she basically tells Adam to turn off his vampire movie, um, which is kind of funny because it talks to the time because he calls on the landline and she picks up. Um, man, you gotta ha you have to have some uh, call on a landline and be like, can I talk to Chelsea? Um, oh my God, yeah. You'd have to like muster up the courage I remember, especially when you would call, like, someone that you liked their house and then you knew you'd have to talk to their parents. So I remember I would honestly, like, sometimes I would write it down on a pad in front of me being like, huh? And it's it's nothing. Oh, like, to rehearse. Nothing, <laughs> nothing like Shakespeare. It's literally saying, like, hi, my name is Kelsey. And is Ryan there? Or, you know, whoever. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. So... So good job, good job, Peter, for calling on that landline. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we actually never see Peter in this film. So I'm just <laughs> dying to see, like, who Peter is. And I love how Chelsea, it, we'll get into this later, but she's like, hey, Peter, can't hang out. My mom actually has a date with a vampire. I would have kept that to myself. Um, I love Chelsea. I, Chelsea oh, I love I Chelsea love so Chelsea. much. I love her so much. Um, but yeah, no, there was a lot of arguments and I, it was that classic trope of like the single mom, working mom, trying to hold everything together. Um, but I think it kind of, it kind of set for the, the vibes of the movie. Um, you know, I think that it would be, it's pretty realistic to have two siblings fighting all the time. Um, but this, this argument of them at the beginning sets the whole movie up as to why the mom has to stay with the vampire. Uh, what were your thoughts of the family in the first opening scenes uh, when you saw all that like chaos? I thought it was awesome to set it up. I thought, so you see Taylor, who's the youngest brother. He's clearly, um, they're setting him up to be kind of that younger sibling who is young and no one takes him seriously because he's only eight and a half and, you know, he's not even supposed to be watching scary movies and he's so scared of this movie mm -hmm. that Adam, his older brother, the middle child, is watching and you get the vibe that Adam is very confident in himself and that he oh, yeah. is also very into these kind of like mystical things like vampires, monsters, all of that jazz. And then Chelsea you get the vibe that she's the popular girl, right? Like she, she's uh, clearly, she's trying to set up some dates. She's trying to, you know, just, you know, be out there in the social scene. And I thought it was, again, yeah, very typical, like late nineties, early 2000s storyline that we see. Um, and then especially as we go into like, so the next scene I believe is like them at school and Adam clearly is, he's not doing his homework. He's just kind of, you know, very into this for lack of a better like example almost like an inquirer type newspaper like not a reputable yeah. reputable newspaper but he's very into like these um i guess like almost just ridiculous stories of just drama and weird monsters and so he's reading about a vampire hunter and yes. why vampires are real um and so back to this like he basically presents this to the class um and gets in trouble with his mom because instead of writing his homework he was too busy reading and researching vampires um so hence 
that's where the I feel like this whole scheme of is why they need to set their mom up on a date in the first place. Yeah, I think it's like kind of crazy. It's almost like the page six of like um, like weird creatures. Um, and I honestly kind of wish that that publication existed. It seems like a really fun publication. I'm not going to lie. Um, today would probably be full of aliens and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think that Adam's obsession with this newspaper is the reason why he gets grounded. And honestly, I was pretty shocked by Lynette, who's the mom. Um, so Adam basically doesn't do his homework. And he talks about this inquire type newspaper about vampires. And the mom gets a call from his teacher. And she's like, oh, you're grounded this weekend. And I, I honestly was team Adam at that point because he was like, mom, like my best friend Duffy got us backstage passes to Headless Horsemen. Like Lynette definitely knows that Adam loves this band. He has like, that's all he wears is Headless Horseman shirts. And she was just like, yeah, no, you're not going out this weekend. You're staying in. And I was like, whoa, that's like pretty aggressive. And then Chelsea, poor Chelsea says like one word. She's like, hi, I told you. And she's like, you're grounded too. I'm like, Chelsea, mom, mom's putting the foot down. I Chelsea throughout this whole movie, I'm like, poor Chelsea. She has done nothing wrong and she just gets thrown into the mix in these situations. I first of all, like Disney really said like copy and paste because literally all Adam had were like 12 headless horseman shirts in his closet of a variety of colors. So that was hilarious. Um I, this is a hot take. I had a big crush on Adam when I was little, but I think he is the villain in this movie now. I 100%. do not like Adam. 100%. I He is a gaslighter. I can't stand Adam. And I couldn't stand him in this scene when he says, I didn't, actually, I thought the mom was on point. Because if my, if my son ever said to me, I'm just trying to dialogue here, and he's like 12 years old, I'd be like, oh. no, 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 sir. Oh, yeah. Nope. No phone for a week. <laughs> like, you're not going out. Like, you're staying in. Like, the... Adam was the worst throughout this entire movie. And this is just kind of like Adam is in it for himself and he didn't care who he had to throw under the bus, whether it was his sister, his mom, Taylor, he does not care about anyone but himself. And I, that's like a hot take for a 12 year old, but yeah. the things that Adam did in this movie as an adult, you're like this, this kid is the worst, the worst. That's, that's so funny. I'm such a pushover. I think I'd be, like, afraid of Adam if he was, like, let's dialogue. I'd be, like, I'm so sorry. Here are my car keys. Like, do you want your chocolate chip pancakes in the morning before your Headless Horseman concert? Um, but, yeah, he is the worst. He's, like, the reason why this whole thing came about. I, obviously, I think Chelsea and Taylor, Chelsea's the older sister, Taylor's the younger brother, are the voices of reason in this film. And if it wasn't for them, I think that, you know, the mom might have actually died honestly and become like the queen 100 like, percent. and the crazy thing too is that adam is kind of the reason for this whole movie happening like he yeah. is the reason why this date gets set up and i know i'm a, i'm a single lady i will admit it so like i've been on my fair share of dating apps but i feel like finding a a good a nice gentleman like maybe you don't go to the ads in the back of this newspaper that is Adam's favorite featuring monsters. Well, that's like me being like, hey, you know, my mom's single. I'm going to go to page six because they have some like really good profiles on there. And Chelsea's older. Like you would think Chelsea would be like, what the heck are you doing? You would think Chelsea would be with it and be like, hey, 
you know, I get that you say that these guys are all vetted by this newspaper, but like, let's take it, take a look at the people like writing these articles. Like, do we like (laughs) the guy in jail, the guy saying that vampires are real. uh, Maybe, maybe these aren't the matchmakers that we want picking the right guy for, for mom. So. Well, and can I also say if somebody was like, I hate Italian food, I'd be like, you're not dating my mom. I, I, I can't go without pasta. Okay, these are, and I know we talked about this before, red flags throughout this entire movie. Because, I mean, obviously you're going to have green flags, red flags when you're when you're in the midst of dating. And maybe even during the honeymoon phase, like you see some red flags, you ignore them. 100% right, Ian. You don't like Italian food? Red yeah. fla- re- like, red flag. Red, red flag. Fla- maroon also- flag at that point. <laughs> also, garlic is in many different types of genres of food. So why just Italian? I thought that was like, kind of what? funny, though. I was like, I thought I ate. I was like, oh, I know why he doesn't like Italian food. But as a kid, it probably went, shoosh. Um, <laughs> like, it just, like, not liking Italian food and turtlenecks. I mean, well, one, I, I'm so sorry, Dimitri. We could never date because I love turtlenecks. I love a turtleneck come the fo- cozy season. So sorry. Uh, yeah, that, that, whole, that whole thing is wild. His profile is wild. And also, I know I'm not on dating apps anymore, but I was in the past. And it's like, okay, only people who, like, are on dating apps and interested can see. Can you imagine if you were, like, in a town and it's like everyone turned to that page and saw Ian loves long walks on the beat. I, I would be so embarrassed to, like, go to a grocery store, like, putting out this full-blown, like, ad for myself, you know? And also, do they include pictures in these ads, or...? It didn't look like it, so... Oh, yeah, they I... know, because they don't know what he looks like but, at the supermarket. But, but don't worry, Ian, don't worry, because you wouldn't have to use your real name, because Dimitri uses the alias Wolfsbane, which, red flag in red itself. Flag. In red itself. flag. Like, I love how, and it's just, like, kind of funny how if, like, they're, like, Wolfbane hates Italian food on this, like, vampire hunter magazine, and they didn't see any of the red flags. And so, but the funniest part is, so they trick their mom into going to the supermarket to, like, see this guy and, like, run into him. And Adam all of a sudden gets red flags because the guy's flirting. And I'm like, Adam, don't you just want to shake him through? At the time, I was like, Adam, stop it. Listen to Chelsea because I wanted to see the drama ensue. But don't you want to just like shake Adam and be like, you have no understanding of the world sometimes, Adam. All you care about is Headless Horseman. Like all you care about is that in yourself. And I'm like, you want mom to go on a date. She's clearly flirting. Let her go on a date. And, you know, at the time too, I'm not going to lie. Dimitri, like, he, like, his flirtation during that supermarket scene, like, was on point. Was on, on point. point. The like, British accent helped. I would have been like, here's my number on your receipt. There you go, Dimitri. We'll have a, ourselves a nice night the next night. But, yeah, it was, the supermarket scene was very interesting. Uh, Adam, so, again, we kind of, there's this different character that were suddenly it's foreshadowing that he's going to be a part of this and it ends up being van helsing who is the vampire hunter and they think that this guy that this guy he has to be the one that wrote this ad in the newspaper because he's a man of the world and he is in a trench coat and the two go hand in hand (laughs) it's it's crazy. So for those of you who don't remember, Van Helsing is played by the dad from Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. The most re- 
ridiculous character to ever step foot on a decom. Uh, he's insanely funny. I, it's just, it's crazy. We'll get into that. But I'm sorry if I saw this random guy walking, looking around with his hands in his trench coat and a top hat, basically, I wouldn't be like, that's the guy. That's that's the guy our, our mom's going to go on a date with, you know? That's the, that's the guy, like, your mom's going to go on a date with, like, if you want to be in the next Dateline episode. Like, you don't set your mom yeah. up on a date with that guy. There's going to be a podcast about you if your mom goes on a date with that guy. Um, yeah, that supermarket scene in general was just kind of – it's a really funny seeing uh, – seeing them trying to find out like who the guy, the guy was and as you're right like that flirting was top notch that denim jacket the slicked back curly hair i was like mm -hmm. i actually was like i don't care if you're a vampire you're going on a date with lynette um but was, think, yeah. yeah amazing also i do uh, just to bring like the fact that I have so many questions too, again, and I can't look at like the re like reality side of DCOMs because obviously they're not realistic. But the fact I also loved um, when, again, we we don't, you kind of allude to the fact that Dimitri is the vampire, but you still don't know in that moment because the vampire, so basically what happens, how they set this up is Adam emails this Wolfsbane in the ad and he's like, hey, meet us at the supermarket. That's why Dimitri meets them there. But it's so funny because when Dimitri gets the email at his vampire palace, it's oh just you get like, you've got mail. And then he like literally his coffin opens and then you just see this hand like laughing and clicking on it. And I was like, I feel like, well, one, I feel like this is like what Comcast does with like all the emails I send them about my <laughs> terrible service. They're just like, oh, ha, 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 like, I'm not going to do anything about this. But I just thought the whole thing was funny. I thought like the entire setup of like email in that early days. And the, so like the fact that like now he's like, okay, now we're going to go on a date. Like Lynette's going to go on a date with him. And it was going to be a very 2000s-esque date. I felt like. <laughs> with the Yeah, theme. no. I, well, so maybe I'm like just immature in terms of like how I get scared, but I would, this movie is not a scary movie, but I will say that laugh was really kind of scary that he lets out. That was like the only freaky part of this movie. He definitely, he definitely had some scary vampire moments, especially towards the end of this movie, where if you're a kid watching this, like, I could definitely see you being scared. Oh, yeah. Someone like Dimitri coming after you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I was scared in the past, like, watching this movie. Um, and what's kind of, like, interesting, um, I looked this up, and I don't remember this, but apparently, this is crazy. This movie got an R rating on the tv guides by accident and so a oh, lot of kids no. yeah a lot of kids were like my parental controls were on and i could not watch this when it came out and i remember and it was like four people on the thread they're like yeah i was so surprised it got an r rating um because by the by the way listeners this is like a g-rated movie this is oh, not yeah. an r-rated movie whatsoever um but yeah, I thought that was kind of funny too. Uh, but yeah, no, that whole supermarket scene was crazy. And then at the end of it, we see him turning into a bat and Taylor <laughs> is the only one who sees it. And again, I feel like Taylor's kind of like Donnie and like the Even Stevens movie, how like no one mm -hmm. believes them. And he's just like, I saw him turn into a bat. I saw him turn into a bat and everybody's like, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, supermarket scene, honestly, one of the best scenes in the movie. It sets the movie up for everything. Um, and we see all of the characters in it. There's not many characters in this. I think that there's like five main characters. Um, but yeah, that's our first interaction with Dimitri. And it just kind of goes downhill from there.
I, it goes downhill. I love the fact that he was so nonchalant. He was like, okay, Lynette, like pick you up at seven or whatever. And then he doesn't even wait until he gets out of the street. Like he just throws yeah. his grocery bag, like into the abyss and then just turns into a bat, like under the street light. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. crazy. Well, can I say one other thing? Like I'm not a vampire hunter. I don't, I have no right to critique, but this vampire hunter who's been to Hungary and Romania for like years, he can't pick up the fact that Dimitri might be the vampire in the supermarket. He's like walking around the whole supermarket. He's like, I don't see him. And then there's a scene he like cuts off. He's like, hello? Yeah, I don't see him. It's like, <laughs> it, what? This character confused me so much. One, why are you following this eight-year-old boy and his mom around the store? Clearly that's not the vampire. So unless like he was thinking that's the bait, he's already kind of a sketchy person. I do have to say he was very lovable, and I don't know if it's because we trusted him because he was Lizzie McGuire's dad. So you just automatically yeah. kind of like him anyways. But he might have been the worst vampire hunter in the history of vampire hunters. Like, if you have to get leads from an eight-year-old boy, also you're supposed to be this, like, shadowy figure, this very, like, elusive figure. You have a website, my guy. Why do you have a website? Like, you, nobody you're you're very much in the public eye like you have a website you have a contact phone number yeah was, your, your phone number's in the newspaper that an eight-year-old contacted like what well and i love how it's like oh this is the best of the best he has like this like wooden plank from home depot that he carries around like that says like one little thing and like like three things of garlic i'm just like well, there's no wonder dimitri escaped you from romania like and from hungary like you're gonna need i think you're gonna need a bigger boat like what are we bringing to the table here yeah, come on van helsing exactly um but yeah no that's that's when we meet van helsing that's when we meet everybody and then it gets to the main part of the movie which is the date that date i i just thought it was so funny because i feel like especially in I know we mentioned this before, but in today's dating world where I feel like a lot of us do kind of go on these blind dates, like after meeting someone, whether it's online or, you know, through a friend, yada, yada. Um, but I just love how when Dimitri shows up to the house and Lynette has all of these ideas, like there's a fall fair, there's other, there's fun things going on. And immediately Dimitri's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do any of that stuff. We're going to do all the stuff I planned. And, you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll get to your stuff. Right. And he's like, also, he's like showing up, showing up in like a tuxedo too, which it's like, oof. Uh, and a red Ferrari, which was in this suburban town, you know, good for you, Dimitri. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I will say though, it seems like he did pick a really good restaurant. Um, <clears throat> while I was watching it though, didn't that seem like an Italian restaurant? They're also like served garlic bread before. So it's like, what other restaurants serves garlic bread before? That's what I was like. Is it supposed to be like an Americana steakhouse? Like why? But I, they definitely there was pasta dishes all around them. So, and I'm like, yeah. I could I could picture like Frank Sinatra playing in the background. So yeah, maybe an Italian restaurant. If you're trying to take a certain somebody home, maybe maybe it's not the move to do on your first date. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're like deathly allergic of garlic and it's gonna kill you. So <laughs> that's that's the thing. Um, you know, and it was, I I mean, again, going back to red flags, one, he was extremely rude to the wait staff. And that is a oh, yeah. major oh gosh, red flag, yeah. vampire or not. And so that wasn't great. Um, but then number two, I, there was, he was just being so self-righteous. And there was this one point where he was like, Lynette, I know who you are, but I know what you can become. And I was like, 
if it, if I was Lynette, I'd be like, are you trying to sell me a pyramid scheme right now? Like what, yeah. what is about to happen? Yeah, no, I think that whole thing was just like, I would have, I think she did get the ick on the date too. Like you could tell like she was kind of not really feeling him, but I think mm -hmm. obviously a break from the kids and I, like she, there was a scene where the kids come to the restaurant because Taylor escapes the house and he's like, mom's on a date with a vampire. I need to save her. And she takes in two seconds. She's like, oh, maybe I should go home. Like you could tell that she has the ick on that date. I think ironically, the thing that saved him was the fact that the kids show up. So the kids, Absolutely. the kids show up. Taylor is uh, as he should be. He saw this man turn into a bat. He's convinced this man is a vampire. Adam thinks this is all a joke. So he just has to convince Taylor everything's okay so that they can go home and continue on their night. So then he, Adam tells Dimitri, like, listen, my little brother thinks you're a vampire. So we just have to prove him wrong. And then Dimitri is like, oh, we need to do the spoon test. And basically Dimitri says that the spoon, a real vampire cannot balance a spoon on his or her nose. They basically just blow up once the spoon <laughs> yeah. goes on their nose. <laughs> Well, okay, so I this is another problem that I have with Adam, too. So either Adam, I think Adam truly does not believe that he's a vampire, obviously, but you're in an Italian restaurant, you see garlic bread, you smell the garlic. Isn't the number one test about vampires knowing that they're allergic to garlic? So I would assume Adam would be like, hey, eat this garlic bread. Let's just see. It, that's a simple thing. Like, you're supposed to be this monster expert adam let's just who doesn't i mean unless like you you actually do have an allergy then of course not but just take a take a bite of the out of that loaf of garlic bread we can solve this really easily um i will I, say I though like I, <laughs> I will say i think the fact that he was so good with the kids though and i'm not gonna lie if i was lynette i would 100 yeah. percent fall for this too he was so good with the kids did the spoon test was you know like acting into it and just being very nice to them that i'm not gonna lie if i was lynette that would have been a major major green flag for me oh yeah i think he acted i think it was perfect and it seemed like the kids trusted him after that and so yeah if i was going through a divorce and a single woman with three kids and i found this guy who has like a ferrari and is like very worldly and takes me to a nice restaurant and loves my kids i'd be like absolutely sign me up which she did at first after that um but i think the one thing about that scene also that and again i promise adam like i don't hate you this much but when they're leaving the restaurant too so so this is after lynette gets like swooned over by him being like great with the kids and everything adam does not see Dimitri, Dimitri's reflection in the mirror. Remember mm -hmm. that scene? And he looks back multiple times and then again, he just leaves. Adam, he just leaves. He just leaves. I, I don't understand this because at this point, you're still, you're a minor, Adam. You can just be like, hey, like, go back to the, ta the table and be like, mom, I'm not feeling well. Like, I mean, we were joking about this the other day. We're like, what's like the ultimate excuse to get out of something? And it, and this is like crass, but like, just Adam, say you have massive diarrhea and like, mom, you gotta come home. Like, exactly. something. Say anything. And then you don't look weird. Mom gets to go home. And then you just make sure mom never sees this guy again. End scene. That's the movie. Like, but it's Adam. He wants but, to go to Headless Horseman. He doesn't care. He needs, he's got his backstage passes. So he's good. He's yeah. good. No, he's good. 
So, so yeah, so that scene like really irked me the wrong way. And they go all the way back to the house and it's like, fine. And I was actually like super pissed at Adam because I was like, I thought he was going to ignore it. But then he tells Chelsea when they get to the house, like, oh, no, mom's actually on a date with a vampire. And as you said, he should have stopped it right there and then. Movie would have been over. But he doesn't. Drama ensues. We go back to the house and then we meet the babysitter. Um, How did you feel about the babysitter? <laughs> okay, am I crazy? Was she in even Stevens or something? Like, she looked so familiar to me. I feel like she was definitely in these, like, late 90s DCOMs as, like, a supporting role, right? Yeah. Or, like, in shows because she had a very familiar face. She was also, I feel like, the most quintessential like what you pictured as a babysitter in oh. early 2000s movies where she says one word, she's on the phone the whole time, clearly doesn't care what happens to Taylor. And she clearly doesn't care about him because this like, I'd, I'm going to give him, I'm going to say like maybe like mid forties year old man oh, yeah. in a trench coat just walks in, just walks in and she doesn't bat an eyelash. <laughs> that was the craziest scene. Cause like, yeah, when they get back to the house, Taylor calls Van Helsing and Van Helsing shows up and just, I mean, all she says is, like, vampire hunter, really? Like, she doesn't, like, if I was the babysitter, I would honestly just be like, you need to get out of this house immediately. Like, this is, like, actually stranger danger. But I think that's kind of the trope. She's, like, a teenage babysitter who just wants to gossip and, like, really doesn't care that much about the kids. And so now we have a 40-year-old with a trench coat in our house who she's never met before and she doesn't bat an eye. But good thing she did that because if she kicked him out, Lynette would be no longer. This is very true. Like, grand scheme of things, in a weird way, a it's okay to let this sketchy person in your house uh, <laughs> at, the at the time. Yeah. Maybe, the, like, the, the 1% chance that that's, like, the actual, like, <laughs> this ends up well. Um, but it's, it's great, though, because we immediately see this bond between Taylor and Ben Helsing, which, again, yeah. I'm like, Ben Helsing, if you are this very sought-after vampire hunter and you have time to check this voicemail from an eight-year-old boy being like hey my mom's on a date with a vampire like i don't trust this guy like and he was like oh on it like oh, this, this, is, this is the lead i needed i maybe again maybe we look maybe we look at signs and we try and figure out like better ways to catch a <laughs> to actually catch a vampire but regardless they're on the hunt now um and they're they're off to save lynette taylor's mom um on the flip side we have chelsea and Adam trying to save their mom by themselves. And so they um, end up kind of going around town. Um, and then it was like what we end up at like this, like, it's not a rave. Yeah. Can we but... talk about this? <laughs> the, okay. I want, I, I wanted to talk to you about this for so long. It's a rockabilly what oh, the right. heck is rockabilly first of all it's like a rockabilly barge like oh my god this place okay, first of all it's a small town and she like walks by this barge like this place is still open i'm like <laughs> you have a main street like you probably walk past this all the time um and she's like oh let's go dancing and then he was like oh, okay and she's like wait you don't like rockabilly music <laughs> do you know do you know what rockabilly music is or am i just like a complete and total idiot no, I the only the only I thought I was like talk about a niche aspect of music Disney. Like the only reason why I know this is because like Elvis was like rockabilly, oh. like back in the day, like Jerry <laughs> yeah. Lewis, like that type of stuff. But the music they were playing in the movie was like not rockabilly. Like when she gets up to sing, that is not like Elvis's genre of music. Yeah. 
And she killed it though. She, she killed, killed it. it. She I'm did a great gonna, job. She, she did yeah. do a really great job. Um, I just thought it was that scene was so bizarre because so you have they're in this like dance hall, her and Dimitri on the state. Adam as like a what, yeah, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, just walks into this clearly 21 plus club. No one bats an eyelash. Um, and then again, instead of just being like, Mom, let's go home, he just gets all these other supporting characters to try and basically kick Dimitri out. So Dimitri gets kicked out because people are obsessed with their mom, who apparently back in the day was a rockabilly singing star. So yeah. yep. Go figure, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was kind of crazy too. Um, I was like wondering why I, I mean people like asked him, like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh my mom's here. They're like, okay, cool. <laughs> like it was just they didn't kick him out. And so like he gets back into I I think Dimitri does eventually get kicked out of the venue for like a split second, but then he like walks up a wall and for some reason like shimmies down a chimney or I, I don't know. I don't know how he gets back in, but he does. And he manages to escape once again right under Adam's eyes. I still don't understand this. Like for a vampire, Dimitri did not use his powers. Like why wouldn't he just turn into a bat? Why oh, that's smart. Just turn into a bat? Why are you walking? Why are we parkouring up these walls? Like, turn into a bat. I don't understand it. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, why put in the extra effort? But sure, let's let's walk up sideways up this wall. Maybe he likes that. You know, maybe it's fun for him. Maybe that's like his like little, his little cardio. Like, yeah, his little cardio. Um, but yeah, they he walks up the wall finds her again and then they go to the the fair the festival after that they're at the festival um and then dimitri out of rage for being kicked out of this rockabilly rave has now crushed all of the kids bikes so now they have adam and chelsea have no transportation so now they need to call adam's friend duffy and his brother and boomer um another he is, he is a child uh, that tag along. So now they're all in the car to this festival to save their mom. How did you feel about Duffy, Adam's friend in this movie? Uh, he sucked. Like, <laughs> he really sucked. I'm sorry. And again, I feel like I feel like we've not been hard at a Disney movie like this one in a while. But he just, like, wanted Boomer's approval. And then also, once he found out at the beginning of the film that Adam couldn't go to the Headless Horseman. He just sold the ticket to Boomer right away. And I just think that Duffy, it's like really weird because Duffy's like not a main character, but he's in like the first sentence when you look up the movie. Like he's really not a main character at all. And he's like front and center in the synopsis. Um, but I thought he was like a pretty annoying character. And I thought he was like a really bad friend. Um, and he just kind of was just kind of there i don't know what were your thoughts on him and i i also thought like the sycophantic behavior towards boomers was just getting very annoying it was so bizarre i mean this might be too much but i was like is duffy a stoner is he like a 13 year old stoner because never know. i mean the entire movie he's like whoa like what like it's just like <laughs> he's like not like his feet never touch the ground he's not he duffy is not with us duffy is on another planet no he is not, not focused on anything in this world. Yeah. Um, I did think it was weird that he wanted Boomer's, like, almost like, I don't know, like, love and devotion. Just because the the fact that he does sell his ticket to Boomer 
I feel like was kind of maybe not the best friend move. But then it was even on Adam because Adam wants his ticket back backstory. So he promises Boomer a date with his older sister, Chelsea. Um, Chelsea knows none of this. And Boomer and I was like, Boomer is a walking red flag because his his ideal date was they have to go to a kung fu movie. And they have to eat burgers, and then there has to be a kiss, uh, a kiss on the lips, uh, on the on the lips. And I was like, very specific, Boomer. Uh, yeah. But also, like Adam is the worst because he's immediately like, yeah, of course, yeah, sure, Chelsea will do that. He sold his sister out, sold his mom out, all for himself. Like seriously. So no, yeah, no, I think Adam's the worst for that. Honestly, I know that at the fair, um, Chelsea, the older sister, she gets word that Adam sold, basically sold her out to Boomer so he could go to the concert and she got upset. But then again, like, as you said, Adam gaslights her and was like, I'm a different person than what I was. Like, and it was like nine hours ago. And honestly, I have to, this is why I like Chelsea a lot. I think she had a very good big sister moment where she is like you know it's fine at the end and like she was like very 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 quick to forgive adam Mm -hmm. just to save the mom so we love chelsea we love her i feel like she's such a good older sister like she i feel like when you see her in the first scene of the movie you don't know if she's going to be kind of this vain older sister that only cares about popularity but she really does like she believes adam the whole time and is supportive like oh my gosh is mom on a date with this vampire immediately believes him is supportive let's go save him realizes he does he had done all of this made terrible promises that she would go on dates with these people and she still is there supporting him um and then even when adam confronts dimitri at the fair um and and i do have to say though that this was the only line in the movie that i wrote down and i thought it was hilarious because at the end of the day dimitri's just trying to eat something right he's starving yeah (laughs) and you know what like you're just hungry and you're over it and you're like i just need to eat something And so when Adam finally finds him at the fair, Dimitri is now kind of putting Lynette under this trance so he can finally take her home and eat her. Um, And and his line, this is, I was like, this is, I could, when I'm hangry, I I could see myself saying this because Lynette's like, oh my God, let's go on the bumper cars or whatever. And Dimitri's like, enough. I hate this place. I hate rockabilly music. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And I want to go home. And I was like, I love this man. And I relate to him so much. Oh, yeah. Like so much. Oh my, yeah. It's like those nights when your friends are like going out and all you want to do is just like sleep on your couch and watch a movie. And that's like what you say in your mind. But they're like, oh, let's go to another bar. You're like, oh yeah, of course. But you just want to be Dimitri in that moment. You just want to go home and eat a pizza and call it a night. Oh yeah. And, but okay. Um, and sorry, quick side note. I don't understand this. So like, why can't, and maybe because I'm used to the vampire diaries, things like that, where people just get eaten on a regular basis for, you know, blood gets there's bloodbaths everywhere why does dimitri why does it have to be lynette why can't he just pick any other person at this fair and drink their blood i'm actually not sure because i think that he wanted her to like i know he wanted her to be a queen for him but yeah i'm really not sure actually in terms of that like maybe he had the me he actually did have feelings for lynette and like really liked her like i don't i don't know that's a really good point um because it's just like, it seems like a lot of work for a snack. Um, granted, it is, it is like a human life. So that's also very important too. But just, I feel like we can go to the hospital at this point, Dimitri. Like we can like go to the blood donation center. Like there's got to be an easier way 
to get this. There's got to be something else, Dimitri. I mean, maybe he just likes the chase. The thrill, <laughs> the thrill, the thrill of the chase. The thrill of the chase. I do have to say, though, I know Dimitri hated the night, but I was looking back on that date night, and I was like, that's really fun. You go to an Italian restaurant, you mm-hmm. go dancing, and then you go to, like, an amazing October Halloween, like, festival. Like, that would be a perfect date night. You would definitely get a second date out of that. Oh, like, yeah. if that was your first date... Hundred percent. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he clearly didn't get a second date uh, after that. Although there is that Instagram post where Lynette and Dimitri, the actor and actress who plays it, it's like 20 years later. That's really cute, everybody. They pose together and they have like gray hair now. And the the caption is mom's got a second date with a vampire. That was the cutest Instagram post I think I've ever seen in my life. So I loved that one. Um, but sorry for that, uh, side note, but I think like the, the best line in the movie comes out in this scene when they're at the fair and Lynette looks at Dimitri and, um, he's like holding her hand and she's like, I feel like I found a, like, I think it was like a long lost friend and, uh, that I haven't spoken to in a while. And he's like, oh yes, we have a great connection. And she was like, no, I'm talking about myself. Like I found myself again. And there's not a lot of substance in this movie, but that scene right there really was kind of, it kind of was the bow on the movie. You know, I think that Lynette is the main character in this movie and she went through all of this just to find herself again after her husband left her. And I I thought that was like a very, very, very beautiful line um absolutely but she did it (laughs) i love that line it was it was so perfect because i feel like it again it kind of broke the stereotypes especially about i feel like what we would see in a lot of movies like if a single parent like they just would want if they're back on the dating scene they want that other person to like them so much so i love the fact that she was this kind of opposite of what we see of that she liked this like rockabilly music She, she liked singing and dancing and bumper cars and she it was a very much like a thank you next moment you know when it's like yeah she found herself and that's like that's what's important in life so right before i mean unfortunately she does get put into a trance right after that but a really good moment a really good moment right before that and then and then adam confronts them and dimitri for you know lack of better words shows his fangs pushes adam says you have no chance and adam's like yeah okay and he just gives up. He just gives up. It's it's infuriating. And he lets his mom go one more time back to the lake house, back to the lair. And Kelsey and I are pissed once again. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, we were believing in you. Uh, I, I, he's such a disappointment. He's such a disappointment. Um, And Chelsea, once again, Chelsea has to be the person to be like, this is mom. We can't let her die tonight. Like, this isn't just a like, oh, we're, we're tired. We need to go home. Like, we need to save mom. So yeah. once again, Chelsea is the hero of the story, gets everyone back on board. And now they're in a taxi going to get mom at the lake house. Which is probably the most action-packed scene of the entire movie. <laughs> And I love how it was like a 10 minute scene in the movie and the most action packed. Like, I literally looked at it and I was just like, okay, there's eight minutes left. Like what the heck is going to happen? Like what else can happen? And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. People are flying. Stakes are flying. People get pushed. Like I was like, is this X-Men? No, um, it wasn't that intense, but it was intense compared to the rest of the movie. 
And so simultaneously, we have Chelsea and Adam going up to the house. Um, Dimitri and Lynette are trying to get to the house, but Boomer and that whole group of kids has rigged his car so he can't get there. And then we also have Taylor and Ben Helsing on their way to the lake house um, because they realized that they realized where he was by going to the car dealership. <laughs> I know that was a scene in and of itself. Yeah. I mean like that car dealership scene was kind of crazy and it's, it's like finally Van Helsing, you were doing something to capture the empire. And why didn't he do that at like the grocery store? What? I have so many questions about this. One, why? And again, I'm really glad Dimitri was a great citizen, like paid in cash for this car. Why didn't the vampire just mind control the car dealership to give him a free car? But again, I'm glad he didn't because, he, you know, there is he's, an, you know, I guess an upstanding citizen uh, yeah. in, in that he pays for things. Um, but Van Helsing, again, if you're supposed to be so discreet, you're like, oh, did a man come in here and purchase a car? And in right in front of this poor guy who's selling cars, you're just going to light the street on fire and like not expect anyone to have any questions like how. So he basically like pours something onto the ground or it's like charcoal or something that he crushes and yeah. then lights it. And then it shows where Dimitri's footsteps have been. And not the most discreet way to see what's going on. <laughs> Wait, isn't this like Mr. Discreet, though? Like, isn't that his whole thing? He wants no one to know what's going on. And he's, like, lighting up, like, footprints and, like, putting his ad in, like, page six. <laughs> he would have he been a great vlogger for Vampire Hunters. I feel like he would have really liked uh, yeah. the publicity that comes with that. <laughs> the Gosh, spotlight. We're, we're really going in on this movie, I aren't we? I feel so bad because, like, I actually really liked it. I did, like, and I think that's it. Like, I think the reason why we're going in on it is because, like, it was... It is and was, like, still such a good movie. Like, you would run home on Friday nights to watch this movie on Monstober. You know, like, it was always, yeah. you knew it was always going to be a win whenever it was oh, yeah. on. Um, but again, getting back to it, so the ending of this movie, as we were saying, everybody is going to this, what would normally, in, in the daytime, might be a beautiful lake house, but at night, it is a terrifying vampire estate. Yeah, yeah this is the, this is the action pack scene that we were talking about. Um, I think that, you know, I know that Chelsea and Adam beat, uh, Dimitri and Lynette to the house. And so they're walking up and I don't think they have a plan really. They're kind of winging it like you and I would do if like, there was like a vampire and we'd be like, oh, let's just go and see what happens. So like, I understand that element of it, but there was one line that I thought was pretty dark in this scene. And it was like, it was almost like Chelsea like accepted the fact her mom's gonna die and they're like walking in and she's like, you know, even if it's just Yumi and Taylor, we're still a family. And I was like, whoa, that's like, you're, that's pretty deep. And the fact that you're like a 15 year old girl and you just like accepted that. And like the one redeeming quality that Adam had in the movie when, is when he looked at her and he was like, what are you talking about? Mom's mm -hmm. gonna live. He also said it like he was like stoned, which was like funny, but <laughs> But yeah, that was that was like a very I think that was like like the precursor to what's going to come in the movie. A hundred percent. And again, like Chelsea, just I feel like being the bigger person in the movie and again, because she is the oldest. So I'm sure she does feel responsible for her two younger brothers at the end of the day. And yeah. um, so they, they go upstairs 
and then they find Dimitri's empty coffin, um, which apparently what Adam said is like a cell phone to a teenager. <laughs> so yes, exactly. Which can we talk about something really quickly though? Yes. Did her mom not have a cell phone? Was it just Chelsea that did? Because this could have stopped a while. She could have just called him and be like, hey, where are you? Actually, yeah. Why does the mom not have a cell phone? For like safety reasons alone. So why does the mom not have a cell phone? Then also, why did Peter call the home phone and not her cell phone if she has a cell phone? Now I'm very confused. Right? Yeah. I've got a lot of questions now. But... Yeah, this movie really would have been solved. <laughs> but, alas, like, yeah. but alas, I feel like it's like, you know, when people go back and look at Home Alone and if he just had a cell phone, the whole movie would have just been like totally. ca- calling up. Hey, mom, I'm home alone. End of movie. I feel like the same with this. It just would have been. Hey, mom, I'm sick. Come home. Okay. End of movie. Well, I actually, I don't know if you think about this, but I think about this quite often where I'm like, they can't really make a lot of these like thrillers that they could make from like 2000 to 2007 because it would just stop in two seconds nowadays with like a phone. I guess. And that is like kind of the beauty. Like, I don't know. And I think, I know we're going in on this movie, but it is kind of in a weird way, cute to see, to like relive your childhood, right? Like the internet was still a new thing. So even the fact that this vampire hunter has a website it was like oh it was still really cool and yeah you, you when you were with your friends at a town fair like you were kind of off the grid like you had your meetup spot with your parents and until then it was kind of like free range and yeah. i think that's what's kind of really nice about these movies too um but man a cell phone would have come in handy i know <laughs> um yeah no i was like i'm searching right now like when you talk about like like just like the past and like 2000. I don't know if you remember this, but we will get to the exciting scene too. But with like cell phones and everything, there was a vampire game that Adam was playing on his computer. And I remember I spoke to Blake about it. He was like, oh, it's like this XYZ game. Because like I showed him the clip like from TikTok. Um, I don't know if you played that game. You probably did it in the past. I, but <laughs> I might have missed that one. Yeah, but I was, I'm trying to find the name of it, but I will update everybody on social media later. But I think it just speaks to like that time when, you know, gaming was like not that serious. It was like a very kind of like cheesy thing that kids used to do. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Like uh, the internet was new. I think this was absolutely pre 9-11. So like the websites were completely different back then and then also cell phones were not used to go on tiktok or instagram it was just simply used to like text one sentence or call somebody so yeah there is a lot of nostalgia for us i think us millennials in this film and i think i do i think that's why it's nice and again yeah like you know i feel like we feel like we can be hard on this one because it was at the end of the day it's still a really good movie it's still an awesome decom and it just like it hits really close to home with this stuff and um but yeah, so Adam Adam makes this reference that the coffin is uh, obviously very important to Dimitri. And so he realizes that he needs to get the coffin into the lake because apparently vampires can't cross water. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Like in bat form, could he not, could he not just fly to it? Again, oh. I don't know why he's not using these bat skills. But then I guess like if he did fly to it, he would just be like standing oh, then, up and yeah. push it back. Because I feel like, yeah, he can't, like, kill Adam in a decom. That would be a little... That would be a little much. 
then it would be rated R. Then it would be then it would be rated R. Um, but yeah, no, they push it into the lake. Um, that's like the whole goal, as you said, because it's like coffin, teenager, cell phone, etc. Um, can I just say that these kids have an enormous amount of strength? I how the heck? Because that coffin I had to weigh hundreds of pounds. Oh yeah. Like it's nice wood and it's probably from like Romania from like the 15th century too. From like, yeah, some like beautiful, like cherry oak that was chopped yeah. down. So I mean, and, and pro yeah, and props to the builder of the coffin too, because it seems that they chucked it out of a window somehow. Then it goes flying down some cement steps into the lake and it, it, it with it, the coffin, it stood up like without a scratch when yeah. it got to the bottom. So it's brand new. that it's lacquer brand new. is strong. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, I think that like, you're right. Like, that, like, it's crazy. Like the coffin was strong and it goes down the steps. And I think this is the one time, I, I guess second time that Adam is like, provides himself useful because he's like, oh, there's a lake. Like the vampire can't cross the lake. So he was very smart in that regard. Um, but yeah, so they decide to push the coffin into the lake and Dimitri, <laughs> I just think it's so funny when he goes up to his room because he like smells humans and he thinks it's Adam and he doesn't see his coffin and he just lets out the biggest no type <laughs> shriek. It's like so cliche, but I actually did audibly laugh at that scene. I do. I, I don't know why I laughed when he's just like, give me back my coffin. I just thought it was so funny. You could, because I think, Again, he's somehow like he's this evil vampire, but I don't know if it's because I'm older now, but this man is so relatable. Like he is, he's hungry. It is late. He's dealing with these kids that are just like messing up his plans. And now his bed's gone. Now he can't even go to bed. And what a day. I would be so upset too. Yeah, no, I would absolutely be upset. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is like, again, after this scene, this is where the drama ensues. And I think, I don't really remember what part. So he captures, because Chelsea's hiding while Adam's on the coffin in the lake, right? Yes. Adam's floating on top of the coffin now in the lake. Chelsea, unfortunately, decided to hide in the bush. Like, literally, right. I think it was like the first bush. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would have been track star running. If, yeah. if, if Adam was like, I'll take this one. You go hide in the woods. Whew. Like, I'll, I'll still be yeah. here. But I'm, we're going at least like a mile deep into this woods. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then all of a sudden, now, I, I should remember this, but how does he lure them back into the house? Is it because he grabs Chelsea and like starts walking up, right? He grabs Chelsea and he basically tells Adam like, I'm going to make, fine, if I can't have your mom, like I'll just use Chelsea instead. And so Adam's like, okay. And he just like paddles on in, I guess, with the coffin. Um, because the other thing, what the thing that did Dimitri, because you know, so the end of the movie, at when the whole battle ends, the coffin comes into play and the coffin is now upstairs back in the room. Yeah. How, so did he drag, did Dimitri drag that out of the water at some point and like place it? I must have missed that. I, I don't I don't think you missed it. I don't think it was shown. Okay. I think it just got into like maybe like once it's out of the water, he could use his like mind powers. Mind to, powers. Like, oh, why couldn't he do that when he was in the water? 
Yeah. The Adam was in the what? I don't know. You All know I what? know is that the coffin <laughs> ended up back in the living room of the house. Yes. And, and all I know is all of a sudden, finally, finally, the professional vampire hunter decides to show up. And you know what he decides to do? He, this is the other thing, Joe. I was like, dude, you are a vampire hunter and this is the plan. He is just like, they have this moment where they're like, oh, we meet again. And then Dimitri dives at Van Helsing, like flies through the air, yeah. flies out of his house. And then Van Helsing just like closes the door. Just closes the front door, like doesn't like build. He's like, well, I don't, I don't, that won't hold him for long. I'm like, it's a door. Of course, it's, he's a, he, it's a door. You just close the door. It's not going to hold him at all. I know. Like, what are we doing? Oh, well, uh, cut to two seconds later when he just gets like friggin' flattened <laughs> like a pancake. Like Dimitri just like decides to like, he's like, how dare you make me fly out? And then flies back in and this vampire hunter, he like turns around and then boom, gets like knocked unconscious. Like, thank God for these three kids <laughs> because Van Helsing would be out of a job. Like he really should hire these kids as at least like interns when they're old enough because he need, he needs an assistant needs at this help. point. Well, my favorite was like after he gets like flattened and has like a concussion, Dimitri like kind of like taunts him and goes seriously a wooden stake, which is what we were thinking <laughs> at the beginning. We're like seriously a wooden stake, and then he had like the like the bag of garlic that you can get at Costco. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like. I'm a hater with this film. No, it's it's just because, again, I feel like it's, again, such like a typical early 2000s film. Yeah. So there's just so many, again, you watch it, you have a smile on your face the whole time, but there's so many ridiculously funny things about this. And then the last time that I thought Dimitri was super relatable. So yeah, the vampire hunter, he, as Ian said, he's flat on the ground. He's down for the count. Now it's up to these three kids to tackle this vampire and save their mom. And I love it when Dimitri is just like, he's like, I'm the vampire. I have all the power. And the kids are like, no, like, no, you don't. And he's like, what is with you kids? Yes. I. He's so relatable. He's so relatable. What is it with this family? Like, like, we were thinking it. Trust me. We were thinking it. I was like, this man just needs a snack. Like, get him a Snickers, please. God, this poor guy. Um. But then I think one of the most beautiful there, – there's not – I feel like a lot of depth to this movie, but one, one of the most beautiful parts is when the kids are now trapped under Dimitri's spell. They can no longer walk. So their only hope is to somehow wake up their mother from this trance. And I just thought it was a beautiful – I thought it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. I thought it was very well done. I mean, I think it, like, speaks to, again, like, here comes, like, the daily, the weekly Ian, like, making this movie deeper than it is moment. But I think it kind of speaks to, like, the love that a mother has for her kids. And so, like, she was under this trance of Dimitri. But, you know, when the kids, all they had to say was, like, mom, 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 and it snapped her out of it. And so, again, the main character, the hero, the everything of this movie is Lynette and like she snapped out of that trance and then I mean I don't know if you want to talk about it I can the next scene is kind of crazy when she snaps out of it how they like trapped Dimitri like it was so I'm sorry I just did an eye roll I realized <laughs> no, sorry I, like... um I because yeah you just you go from this beautiful moment where 
again, like you were saying, I love this because I feel like it, it was foreshadowed in the beginning. So the movie Adam's watching at the beginning is this old fashioned vampire film where true love wins. So it has to be like the guy saving this girl in distress in that movie. And I love that this was such a different form of true love because love can come in many different forms. And I thought that was beautiful. And then so we go from this beautiful moment to then <laughs> Lynette just shoves Dimitri into his coffin, which is now being opened by Ben Helsing. And then like Dimitri looks up at her like, Lynette, like, how could you do this? And it's like, dude, we went on one really bad first date. So and you just tried to eat my whole family in front of me. Exactly. And then the, the coffin top gets shut and then van helsing and i'll let you talk about this ian because we were like where did this come from he just somehow has like a nail gun with him it was so uh, we forgot to talk about this before he gets his nail gun the funniest scene in the movie it's like he's unconscious on the floor he gets up and like the second he gets up dimitri just like fucking <laughs> shoves him and he's like in slow motion Whirling around, doing like a 360. His like face land plants, like sorry, face plants into the piano. The piano breaks, he gets knocked out. I'm just like this poor guy. Like, this is a WWE SmackDown moment for Van Helsing. And so this dude is like unconscious for like minutes as like these kids are about to get eaten. And then all of a sudden, like once Lynette has like the power of love with their kids and pushes him perfectly randomly into the coffin. Um, Van Helsing, you're right. He just gets up and he's like, nail gun. <laughs> and he has this nail gun that comes out of like nowhere. And the funniest part is you see him because like they shut the thing. He puts like one hand in the middle of the coffin and does like this huge like slide over in slow motion. And you can see his trench coat in the back. <laughs> as he gets on the floor just like boom nails everything i don't know it was really funny to me but yeah he just nails this coffin shut and poor little taylor has to like sit on the coffin this like little 50 pound kid so that a vampire can't escape um but yeah i guess van helsing saved the day with his nail gun at the end of the day it was so ridiculous i just i want i want I know obviously this is like never going to happen, but I just want a backstory on him because then we hear he's, they're like, well, what's going to happen to him now? Like, instead of just killing him, because again, I feel like you can't because it's a decom. Ben Helsing's like, oh, well, we'll take him to the North Pole and then we'll ship him on up to Finland. Oh, and, I was yeah. like, <laughs> and I get it because of like the, I get, you know, obviously because of the amount of sunlight that they have per year, but I was like, oh, okay, it's, I guess we'll just ship him on over to Finland. Great. <laughs> Bye, Finland. Have a good time. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how the movie ends. And I wanted to ask you this question, two questions actually about it. Like, I thought the ending was a broth being like, oh, yeah, we're going to Finland. It's like, okay, that's random. But two things is like, one, did you think, I felt like there should have been one or two more scenes in this movie, personally. It just kind of ended flat. And two, do you think that Van Helsing and Lynette might start dating in the future? I, or are we hopeful romantics? Who knows? Well, I think we were we're both hopeful romantics. I think I feel like the ending was so rushed. Like you said, when when we were both watching this on Disney Plus, like there's like ten minutes left. Like the whole movie goes on, we see this whole backstory, and then ten minutes left, we have to have this major fight scene. They have to defeat him. All the stuff happens, and they wrap it up, and <laughs> then <laughs> excuse me, and it's just it seems absurd. 
And I did I did think it was funny though because I feel like you fall in love with Lynette separately. She's a great mom, yeah. a great human being in general. Ben Helsing also, I know we were like making fun of him this entire movie, but he's a really good guy. Yes. And like he never leaves Taylor, like the eight-year-old youngest son. Like he never leaves him out to dry. He always looks after him. And I so if they did get together, that's great. But I did think it was weird that we just went through this whole process of like true love can be in any form mm -hmm. and you can, you know, you are whole as a person without, you know, having a significant other. And then it was like, Oh, let's, let's have it. Let's make it a date. You know? Yeah, and I just exactly. thought that was interesting. What did you think? Yeah. I thought it was kind of odd. Like, I just, I don't know. Like I really wish that like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt like the writers just kind of got a little lazy at the end and they were like, Oh, okay. Well, we don't want to write anything anymore. Um, <laughs> But I do think that, like, I do think in my heart that Van Helsing and Lynette probably became a couple in the past, in the future. Who knows? I, I, I know it would make Taylor very, very happy. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was like, I, th I thought the ending was good. Uh, as you said, they have like that message about true love and everything was great, but they just kind of missed the mark a little bit. Um, but yeah. But speaking of being a hopeless romantic and just finding kind of the deeper meaning in things, this movie was crazy. It was a crazy journey. There were hilarious moments. But as always, there's always meaning in a mm. in a decom, especially good old spooky decom. So what what was your main takeaway, Ian? Um, I don't think that there were like multiple. Uh, I don't think that there were multiple like huge takeaways from this movie, but I think that there was like one element that kind of stood the test of time throughout the movie, and this is something that Disney is like very known for. Um, it's that element of family, and it's that mm -hmm. element of, and we see this time and time again, like from the even Stevens movie um, to even like Brink at the end of the movie to even like Thirteenth Year. It's this element of like you know you can't help who what you were born into, and even if you do fight with your sisters, fight with your brothers, like maybe if you have a broken family, just like this family did, where the husband left the mom, you can still find love in one one another to conquer all and any obstacle that comes your way because life is it's very hard to, to go through life alone and i think at the end of the day the hansons are a great great family and i know that they are gonna have like a happy life in the future i hope they did um but yeah i think that's my one takeaway is that you know you might fight as much as long as as much as possible but at the end of the day they are your family and you should love them so absolutely I think like to a T, I think that's exactly what I thought. I was, I kind of got this vibe of like family over everything and yeah. family looks, family looks different to different people. So maybe that's blood relatives. Maybe that's people that you've gotten to know in your life, but realizing that that relationship and that love that you have for each other is more important than any type of like vanity things like concerts or fame, whatever that is like that will always and should always be kind of, you know, the most important thing in life in those relationships. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, like I said, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And there, there was just another minor one that I thought was a little bit relevant was um, with Lynette and kind of her journey that we get to see. And so before she even goes on a date, I thought this line was this moment between her and Chelsea was really cool. So Lynette doesn't want to go on the date because she hasn't gone on a date since divorcing her first husband mm -hmm. and she says to her daughter there's a time and a place for everything and i've missed my chance i've made my choices this is my life now and again 
Chelsea, our girl, comes through yep. and she's like, no, you have you can choose to be anything you want to be any time in your life. You deserve to go out, have fun, do amazing things. And I thought, what a cool message, like for anyone in life, because you are worthy, basically. Like we've all made choices. We're all because of our choices at certain places in our life, whether that's with the relationships, jobs, things like that. But it's you can change at any time and you are worthy of anything. So you want a relationship at any age? Go get it. Like you want that promotion? Go get it. You are worthy. Don't ever put up barriers on yourself. And I feel like Lynette embodied that throughout this whole movie, which again, it's so funny because I feel like in DCOMs, the kids are always made the main character. But again, watching this as an adult, she really does go through that journey of loving herself yep. and realizing that she is worthy of love and of just doing things, having fun, going out and singing again. And I thought that was really, really cool. No, yeah, that's a great element. And it kind of goes back to like, I like a meta old friend, that line, mm -hmm. you know, like finding yourself again. Uh, and it's never, it's never too late to achieve your dreams or do what you want to do. So yeah, that's a really good. Actually, maybe this movie was a little deeper than we thought. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely think that your take was great. My take was great. And um, there are, there are some pretty deep messages in this movie. So shout out to Disney Channel again for weaving those in there. Absolutely. And yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening to another DCOM uh, yes. Rewind episode where we're, like I said, you know, we'll be covering these until the end of October, all of your favorite spooky DCOMs. So please, um, you know, again, like keep, keep listening to these. Please, if you like these, leave a review, um, give us a great rating. Um, and we are so excited to keep bringing on these fall decoms to y'all. Yes, we're so excited. And next week's movie is going to be very, 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 very fun. So we're very excited to cover that. And just the season. So tis I guess. the damn season, as yeah. Swift would say. <laughs> I I guess with that, should we should we sign off like we always do? Let's do it. All right. And remember, listeners, si se puede. Means yes, we can. We will see you all next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.